We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast coming at you Monday afternoon because Minnesota Timberwolves officially now have a new president of basketball operations. Reports all over the place. ESPN, The Athletic, I don't know. Do you have to say who does it first? They both did it. They both reported that Tim Connolly is on a five-year contract for $40 million to to be the new president of basketball operations for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Obviously, a huge day um, in the franchise and will define a lot of of where they will go. This is the initial instant reaction uh, portion of our analysis on this on this front office move. And I have Kyle Teige, um, who who you all know from from Canisupas.com to 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 join me to um initially react to this i always kind of bop kyle for one we need a sort of state of the franchise <laughs> sort of uh sentiment here so so kyle yeah new president of basketball operations what what does what does this mean to you well as a big journalist uh, i want to first credit alex rodriguez for breaking the news um <laughs> via his instagram which is like we'll talk about basketball stuff but that's also like the most Timberwolves 2022 like internet moment uh shout out to my guy Trip Wagner just to like have him leak a press release that he was reviewing and then like six minutes later Woj and Shams had it but um it's it's (laughs) it's an exciting day is it not like I'm sure we're going to get into all the different angles and you've had 14 different pods on it but like I just think in general we don't know if this is going to work um we don't know if it's like if it was a too big of a swing, whatever, but it just, it's interesting to me to see Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez come in again, big game hunting. That's their favorite term. And like, they actually hit, right? Like we joked yeah. about it. We're like, Oh my God, like there's no way. I remember when you told me, I know you tweeted this out recently, but I remember when you told me like six to nine months ago about the Pat Riley thing, like that they were like, yeah, they would love to get Pat Riley. And I was like, are they going to pay him a hundred million dollars to just attend zoom meetings? Like you're not going to get Pat Riley to come to Minnesota. But I would have said the same thing about a lot of those guys. You're not going to get Presti. You're not going to get Masai. You're not going to get Tim Connolly. Um, Mm -hmm. And they did. And they got him. And, you know, I think my biggest takeaway is, again, will this work? Will this not work? I don't know. Um, But I don't think Tim Connolly is 
Jaden McDaniels. I don't think you can look up Tim Connolly's stats on basketball reference. There's, there's a page. You can go look at all of his transactions, all of his draft picks, all of his contracts. You don't know the context of why some of that happened as much as like, I know why Jaden shoots 33% from the corner. I can watch all the shots. We have second spectrum. We have cleaning the glass. I know why. We don't know why Tim Conley made some of the moves that were good, Nikola Jokic, or some of the bad ones, Michael Porter Jr. But the thing that we do know, and it sucks because we want to analyze this, everyone swears by that guy. You had Adam on. You see other guys that like cover the Nuggets full-time. Um, Bones, Highland tweeted out seconds after, like, that guy is beloved in that franchise for his relationships. And Hollinger was talking about it, Mark Stein. Everyone refers to this guy as an elite human. And I think that's like the big takeaway is the Wolves got an elite human to run their franchise. Yeah, I think it was interesting when, when Britt and I recorded last week and, and there was, I don't know, the, the tea leaves were out there that this was was happening or, or likely to happen. And, and I think a lot of that episode or things that Britt said or I said kind of came off as, you know, questioning the, the move of, of getting Tim Conley and questioning his stats or, or something. And that, that's never been, that was certainly not what, what I wanted to, to have come off because as much as I think we can assess GMs and president of basketball operations, like Tim Conley gets, high marks in, in every regard of that. It was it was more so for me a, a confusion about how this was going to be executed. And and like you said, as it's been reported a lot of places now, like they've wanted this for a really long time, this high goal of getting a what they deemed a, a top five executive. And and you know, I I was like, okay, that'll be interesting to see if that that all comes together and and what does what does that mean for the future of the franchise? And what does it signal about how this new ownership group is going to play? And I think initially I was just kind of, you know, skeptical, cynical or whatever about the their ability to be able to convert on that. But they did convert on this in a way that doesn't really doesn't put any of their assets into, you know, into question. Like I, I talked before about how money is kind of a finite resource and they're choosing to give Tim Connolly a, a lot, but it's not a finite resource like the salary cap is, right? Like if they want to pay Tim Connolly $8 million a year and they want to give him ownership stake, that comes out of their pocket. So I think if you're a Wolves fan, you're like, yes, great. Like we have an ownership group that now that now wants to spend to get, you know, to get high quality personnel in, in the organization. And, and I think it signals that they will, they will continue to do that. Re Another thing to like take away, the reason Tim Connolly was made available and ultimately got was this like the same reason, you know, the same reason the Wolves got him was the same reason that he was available, right? Like cheap ownership. Denver mm -hmm. didn't want to pay for an elite asset, you know, like they had no problems paying for Michael Porter Jr. or some, you know, they had no problem paying. I think Tim Connolly now is going to make essentially what Monte Morris makes, right? Like, true. Monty Morris is a good player, but like, is Tim Connolly more important to your franchise? The Wolves just basically went out and spent Monte Morris money to get an elite executive. So, um, I just I think it goes back to again, we don't know if this is actually going to work, right? Like, 
I know I'm biased in that I'm a big Sasha and Gupta guy. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But like Sasha, the, the, the head decision maker up until today of the Timberwolves, like reached out to me after I left Canis. Like that's weird in a cool way. Like he's a good dude who's like that blogger kid. I got to tell him thanks. Like he's a really good guy. But I think, and maybe you obviously are way more wired in on this, but like I think they, you know, Mark and Alex just wanted Again, the big game hunting is such an overused term, but they just want the best of the best, right? They want the best people working in their organization. That's why they went. I mean, it's not nothing that you got Marquise Watts from Clutch. A Clutch is a pretty big deal based in LA. Oh, it's not nothing that you got Steve Sr. from Memphis. Like, it's not nothing to get Tim Conley away from the two-time defending MVP, Nikola Jokic. Like, those are big things. Will it work? It remains to be seen, but I just think it's a massive day for what was ranked the 30th market in ESPN's future NBA franchise rankings. The Wolves came in 30th. There are 30 NBA teams. So they are the smallest of small markets, even though from a statistical standpoint, they're not. Like they're a middle-sized media market. But Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez from day one have been like, we're not going to act like little kids. We're going to be big fish in a big pond and... uh that's what today was. They they got one of their big fish. I think what what's so the the most interesting thing to me is still what not who is the president of basketball operations, but what are they going to what are they going to do? Right. You know, yeah. that's my my biggest question. You know, coming into this offseason, is people would ask me about, oh, you know, what what are the wolves going to do this offseason? How are they going to be able to build on forty six wins? What are they going to do with D'Lo? What like how are they going to round out the the roster? All these questions, and I'd be like, yeah, you know, I have my own thoughts and theories, but they're just my own. My biggest thing right here is I have no idea who is now. I haven't even let myself really dig into it that much because I'm like, they haven't even figured out <laughs> who is going to be the one doing the digging, right. you know? And so as of today, May 23rd, we know who is calling the shots and we know that it's going to be Tim Connolly who is going to make all those decisions and, and influence, you know, some pretty big ones that will that will have a a big impact on next season and and going forward you're kind of in this this summer and next summer is really going to be the defining sort of window of of what the Timberwolves are going to become as they you know start hitting the upper end of their bell curve right um it's it's building time and and it's difficult decision times in in that way and the Wolves go into this offseason. They do have, obviously, Anthony Andords on the books for a long time. They have Carl Anthony Towns um, under contract for two more years. Supermax eligible to assign a four-year extension on top of that. Um, if he makes All-NBA here in the next, whenever that comes out. Uh, but there's decisions to be made right now, right? there You have, you have D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Patrick Beverly, who are all under contract for next year and play pretty critical roles on this team, but contractually are are not long-term pieces for this group, right? So I think if you're Tim Connolly, you're taking, you're taking a look at that. You're obviously taking a look, lesser impact, but you're looking at the free agents you already have. You have Josh Okogie's a restricted free agent this summer. Torian Prince is unrestricted. Jake Lehman, unrestricted. Greg Monroe, unrestricted. You have, you have some decisions to, to make right there before this summer and next summer before 
the cat contract explodes up to 50 million a year and the ant contract explodes up to 30 plus million, 30 to 40 million over the, the course of that, you know, that deal. So we're in a, in a critical window right here. And Kyle, that's the that's the task at hand for Tim Connolly is to decide, you know, what do I do with all these question marks? Well, and a quick pivot from that, just as we stick on the state of the franchise thing, too. I mean, I also think and people have said this, but I also think it's like super worth saying again that the Denver Nuggets are in the Northwest Division. I know we don't really care about divisions in the NBA. It's more about conferences, but like to not retain your own wizard in house because you're cheap and you don't want to pay him and then let him go not only just to the Western conference, but a team that is in your division is like, that's a pretty big, you know, big game hunting. That's a pretty big get for Minnesota. And, you know, the state of the franchise that you and I have come up with, like it's always been kind of like a looking around the league comparing like, you compare that now to other Northwest division teams, like I, it's very fluid, but like you have Portland situation, which is dire, you know, I mean, it's not pretty <laughs> Oklahoma city has, I mean, they're, they're going to be really good in 2046. That's what they're shooting for. Like Denver, this is big. Like you, again, you go, you look at everyone who covers the nuggets and all their little stories and like, they'll pick themselves up. You know, they'll, they'll promote Calvin Booth and they'll, they'll be good, but like they're crushed by this. Um, Utah, like maybe they blow it up this summer. That'll be, we'll cover that later. But like, this is a massive. You know what it reminds me of, Kyle? It reminds me of if, if the Timberwolves wouldn't have given Chris Finch a contract extension this summer, I'm not saying this for sure would have happened, but you would have had the possibility of Chris Finch getting poached, right? Yep. yep. To, to go be you know, be the Lakers coach or or maybe next summer, another one of these big jobs that that become made available. Like the Wolves not only have gone out to get Tim Connolly, but they locked up Chris Finch. So I kind of in my Denver mind, if I put my Denver hat on, I go what it probably feels like to Nuggets fans right now is is if Chris Finch got poached right now to go coach the Lakers. If you were a Wolves fan and, and there's so much, you know, the Chris Finch is building something. Tim Connolly has built something there. And now you kind of, you hope it's one step backward to take two steps forward, but it's going to be a pretty damn big step backward. Well, and then anytime you bring in a new president, right? Or anytime you bring in a new decision maker, um, this is why I thought your your podcast with Adam Morris was so good. Um, there is that unknown of like, well, is he going to want to bring in his own guys? So I think it was important that you guys touched on, I think it was only a year that Finch, and Conley interacted yeah. in Denver, but like that didn't matter as much to me as mattering about how Tim Connolly sounds like he loves going to dive bars. And I can't imagine Chris Finch anywhere but a dive bar. I Chris Finch just loves to drink beer. Like, so those two guys might not necessarily have 12 years of working experience together, but they also seem like they're gonna be the same person, which I think is gonna make this relationship again, no, no fault of Sashin's, but just those two guys seem like they're going to have no problem quickly getting on the same page. Um, and that that's exciting as well. What do you think? I mean, you've kind of touched on it before. I know in the athletic piece, um, they talked about how the Timberwolves still view Sashin as a, you know, a long-term fixture of this team. Um, but, you know, I can say I want something, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. I mean, Sashin's been in the mix for real top positions before, like in Sacramento. Do you think, 
it's a long-term thing? Do you think he'll stick around short-term? I mean, there's still so many unknowns there, but. Yeah, I, I think it's at the moment uh, up in the air. Um, I, I've heard a whole bunch of different things in regards to Sasha over the course of the past. Again, this isn't something that just started three weeks ago. I mean, they contacted Connolly and and began the negotiation process with him basically once the you know once both the Wolves and Nuggets were knocked out in the first round. But there's been you know this has been something that has been floating around in the wind as as something you knew that the ownership group was going to pursue in this offseason. I mean, we're all humans and we can kind of put ourselves in Sasha Gupta's uh, shoes there. That's a difficult position he's he's been put in. Um, but I think he really, if he didn't like a lot of things about the Timberwolves, he would have had ample reasons to have le- to have left any time in the past, you know, 18 months, right? Um, he decided to stick through the Rosas thing to be the stabilizing force that that he was over the course of the season, even though he didn't make any big <laughs> trades or anything like that. But but Sasha played a critical role in getting them to where they are today. And while I think the ownership group very clearly had their eyes set on something more or different than Gupta, I do think there is an appreciation for what Gupta did this year and an appreciation for his skill set. I think they ultimately wanted the top dog to yeah. be somebody other than him and have a little bit different of a persona there. But now I think just with Sasha, it comes down to a personal decision, right? Yep. Um, he's actually been here for a while now. Um, yes, you know, as a, a wife who works here and, and those sort of things. So it's a, you know, he has he has personal decisions to to make on whether, you know, staying or, or going is is the best thing for him as as do all execs. I mean, we talk about players changing rosters all the time. I mean, it happens in front offices too. Like, do I think Sasha Gupta will be in the Timberwolves front office forever? No, but but he could be a very good asset um, to work alongside Tim Connolly. I'm just, I'm not sure what the extent of that will be, or you know whether whether it'll happen. It's a it's a personal decision for for Gupta to make there. At least he now knows or has a better idea of what that role will look like. Yeah, I was going to say there's clarity. I mean, it it really does sound like when you kind of read the tea leaves and talk to other people, like it wasn't as much as Sasha lost this gig as Tim Connolly just kind of won it in the sense of they were looking for they were looking for a different type of person. Yeah, Uh, a a different resume. I think uh, a person with a a different uh, view on risk. Sasha, I mean, I, I personally think risk aversion is is a good skill set to have um, in in the front office position. It's obviously one that they took, you know, to a massive extent when he was in in Philadelphia. Um, I I think we can say pretty securely that that's not the way that Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez per, you know prefer to work, and and they're looking, you know, they were looking for a different resume and and probably a little bit different of style of personality to be to be running this this organization now whether that's right or wrong i mean i again we don't have stats for this right and and it was inevitable right like we talked about this multiple other state of the franchise things where like new owner syndrome isn't just a thing that you and i coined it's an actual thing when these when you when you buy a house you know well i mean actually the first thing you would do when you buy a house is what 
take your shoes off. And Mark Laurie literally did that this season multiple times at games. But then you want to like blow out a wall or add a pool or like, you know, do stuff. And I think we're starting to see Mark and Alex like, again, I today was this news now does mark the end of any possibility of Sasha becoming that top decision maker in Minnesota. But I also think back to like your Adam Morris pod about how maybe Tim Conley didn't necessarily have the strongest strength in like negotiations or like some of those kind of finer details when it comes to the CBA. Well, that's right up Sasha's alley. So I do think it would, if I'm trying to sell Sasha on saying it's like, there's a really good spot for you here, but again, mm-hmm. it's a personal decision. He's going to, have to do what's best for him. But I do think today does mark kind of the end of that possibility. And I just want to give him his flowers because I'm with you on like the risk aversion thing. I don't think you have to be the most risk-taking person in the world. And I don't think that always works in sports, especially when you have finite resources as a smaller market team. Um, but I just think what Sasha and Gupta did in the nine months or eight months since he took over, um, just being out of sight, kind of out of mind. Yeah, he didn't do anything at the deadline, but that kind of proved to be smart. Like he didn't, he wasn't flashy. Dude, that was a bold move. Yeah, That was a bold move because... He absolutely knew if he wasn't going to do, he he knew how Laurie and A-Rod worked. Right. Like, and he still chose to not do anything at the deadline when he had the freedom to do anything at the deadline because he thought that was the right move. And and that's that takes balls. It's just, yep. you know what I mean? Like, to be like, Integrity hey, too. You, could, you could mortgage a, a first round pick in the future to just do something, to just be like, hey, I did something. Um, And it says a lot. I mean, again, I'm not just going to go on a 30-minute Sashin rant, but I can. But it just says a lot about that dude as a person, and that's why he's going to be fine moving yes. forward, right? Because there was a lot of concern about his... I mean, yeah, it sucks for him, I'm sure, if he was in the running and didn't get it. But I think it says a lot about him as a person, and he's going to be fine moving forward, whether it be Minnesota or one of the other 29 teams that he uh, he knew that there were steps that he could do this spring that might have given him a stronger resume, but it also might have put the Timberwolves in a worse spot. I mean, I, Bobby Marks put out like a kind of off-season tracker thing like you were talking about. And Minnesota has all their picks. That's partly because of Sasha, right? Because mm-hmm, exactly. he didn't get rid of them back in February. So um, I hope he stays. I think he'd be a really good kind of third key cog for what they're trying to do now. But uh, yeah, moving forward now, it's it's uh, the Tim Connolly show. And it'll be interesting to see. He's got a, I mean, it's quick, right? He's got to get in to his <laughs> no new employee time. modules because he's got a lot of stuff to figure out with four picks in June and some heavy, heavy you know, roster decisions that are going to come up this summer. Well, let's get to some of those after we take a quick break here, Kyle, kind of through some of the things I I mentioned there a few minutes ago, what the decisions are ahead for Tim Connolly this summer and going forward. We'll be back with Kyle here in a minute. Today's show is sponsored by Aura. You know of Aura because you've seen their name on the Timberwolves jerseys. And I'd like to tell you what Aura's digital security can do for you. Aura is identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, a VPN, password management, and antivirus software all combined into one easy-to-use app. People are shocked when their identity is stolen, but identity theft is actually extremely common. There's a new victim of identity theft every 14 seconds. Aura monitors the dark web for your emails, passwords, and social security numbers and sends alerts fast right to your phone and email. When it comes to fraud, every second matters. You can connect your credit and bank accounts and get notified of any changes up to four times faster than Aura's competitors with Aura. I've already signed up for Aura and I'm already seeing how often my personal information is showing up on the dark web, and you will too if you sign up for a free 14-day trial with Aura. Protect yourself from America's fastest-growing crime by trying 14 days for free at Aura.com 
slash Dane. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash D-A-N-E for 14 days free. And a thank you to Aura for sponsoring today's show. Aura, digital security you can trust. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back with Kyle Teige. Uh, Kyle, b- before the break, we were, we were talking about um, how Tim Connolly is, uh, he's leaving Nikola Jokic in a, a good situation in Denver, but just on paper, any Wolves biases aside, um, you know, this is a, this is an interesting team to be, to be taking over in that you do have a, a 20 year old who looks like he is fastly becoming a star in the NBA. You have Carl Anthony Towns um, locked up. That is is another All Star level player in in this league, and and has been. There is a lot to be determined here, sort of on the margins. And and as I mentioned before, the Wolves are kind of in this spot where it's not so much about who their free agents are right now in this off season that they they have to worry with. Again, it's just Josh Okogie. Torian Prince, Jake Lehman, Greg Monroe, basically. I mean, that on its face doesn't scream like, okay, a lot of tough decisions to make. That actually screams kind of roll it back, you know, run it back and, and put together, you know, hope for some internal development. But I think the way this whole hiring of Tim Connolly went down and and the way that, you know, we, we kind of assume the Wolves are now going to operate, you you anticipate a little bit more proactivity, right? In in adjusting the roster and, and making moves that are bolder and probably happening quicker. And to me, where I then look at on the roster is the players who are going to be on expiring contracts this year. Again, you have D'Angelo Russell, 31.4 million this this coming season, and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. You have Malik Beasley making 15 and a half million next year. Then he has that team option for 16 and a half million the year after that, which means he also could, that money could be totally coming off the books in a year. And then also Patrick Beverly, he signed that one year contract extension for 13 million. So really you add that all up 28. I mean, that's $60 million on the books for next season that won't, that is not committed to beyond that year. And I really, I'm really curious how they approach the $60 million that are associated to those three players and kind of more specifically, like what is Tim Connolly view of each of those guys roles going forward? Because they are very critical 
to this team. D'Angelo Russell's the best point guard on the team. Beasley's the best shooter. Beverly is, you know, a heart, a heart, the heart uh, of this team in in his own way. So when you think about D'Lo and Beasley and Beverly now through sort of the lens of, all right, new ownership is putting their fingers on it and Tim Connolly is now tasked with pulling the trigger. Like, where do you go in your head with all that? I mean, the first place I go is that it's not lost on me, the irony that the Andrew Wiggins game happened less than 24 hours ago. <laughs> he was directly associated with, with the former Timberwolves president of basketball operations, Gerson Rosas, and now Tim Connolly has the job. And we're probably a month out from Andrew Wiggins winning finals MVP. And then two weeks later, Tim Connolly being forced to trade D'Angelo Russell. So um, there's a lot of storylines there. But I mean, yeah, I think... I think it's interesting because we, and you've done this already with Brit and stuff, but we kind of knew what was on like that Bobby Marks tweet. We kind of knew what was on the Wolves agenda this summer, right? We knew they had a first round pick. We knew they had three seconds. We knew they had some guys locked up like Pat Bev, um, Carl's extension, but we, we knew that D'Angelo Russell was a topic. Malik Beasley is a topic that at the time, Sashin's going to have to figure out. Well, now it's a different person calling the shots, but the topics are still the same, right? Like, there's really not a new agenda that gets handed out in the front office. It's just the same agenda, but you're CCing someone different. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, what is, you know, I, I heard you talk with Adam, like, and this is this is stuff you can kind of see on basketball reference. Tim Connolly had a, uh, not a desire, but he he oftentimes signed guys early. Um, I imagine if Sashin was calling the shots, they love to not do that as much, right? Like they loved, I mean, they, whether you feel bad or well, however you want to think about it, they played restricted free agency last summer to a T with Vanderbilt and McLaughlin. Like it sucks because I think those guys are awesome human beings, but they held them over the barrel with restricted free agency and got really team-friendly deals. And it worked out tremendously for the Timberwolves because again, you have finite resources. There is a cap for your players. There's not a cap for your executives, but there's a cap for your players. So is Tim Connolly going to want to come in and like, I mean, if he hangs out with you for a day and you're like, hey, you might have max salary slot next summer. He's like, yeah, but I'd rather just get the deal thing taken care of now and give him two years, $50 million extension. Like that's going to be a massive, massive storyline to come out on July 1st is what does he want to do with his franchise point guard? Do you know what I mean? And then going down the lines again, does he want, he has familiarity with a guy like Malik Beasley. Um, does he want to keep him around? How does he analyze having three second round picks? Like, does he want to move up in the draft? Does he want to stockpile Euro bigs? Does he want to get Nikola Jokic, who is basically just <laughs> the, the Timberwolves version of Jokic? I mean, there's a lot to be answered. But again, my, my thought is that none of the topics change. It's just the person kind of calling the shots change. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and it brings me most focused in on D'Lo and, and Beasley. You I have think, to be. Because... Yep. Because there's also this, like, and quite frankly, I think this would be kind of a, a lazy approach, but like this idea of, you know what, I wasn't here for the first few years of D'Lo. I, you know, I believe there's, I believe there's a lot more in there that, that hasn't been unlocked because that would be, you know, that would be an easier path and not, not a crazy path either, but to be like, yeah, we can get even more out of D'Angelo Russell than, than we have in the past. And the alternative is, trading him or or riding out a year without any sort of contract extension and that might get a little wonky you know that might be that might be tough so maybe do you just kind of 
if you're Tim Connolly, be like, yeah, we'll roll with, we'll roll with D'Lo because I think he's been in a situation of turmoil and dysfunction for for a lot of his time in Minnesota or a lot of his career. Like maybe there will be that that sort of belief, right? And and, and same with Malik Beasley. It's like, is there a do we have his role correct last year? Did he need to be around different types of personnel? Like I think you can see both the D'Lo and Beasley thing as glass half full and and view them as maybe not core, core pieces like Carl and Ant, but right there in the next ring of of really important guys that if you choose not to commit to long-term or put in your vision long-term, then it gets tricky to, to trade them. There's, these aren't, neither Malik or D'Angelo have contracts that are like, clear surpluses in value, right? I don't I don't know how Delo's expiring $31 million contract will be viewed on the market exactly. It is just expiring. It's it's one year. You're not taking on, you know, three years, a hundred million, right? That might be something that a team out there is is willing to, you know, to trade for or or that you're not going to have to attach a lot to. I don't know. And same thing, and same thing with Beasley. Like I think there's teams around the league that look at the way that he shot this year and go, Wait, yeah, 16 million functionally expiring deal. We might be interested in that too. So it's just it's just hard to say because we don't know exactly what the value is of the pieces that you would feel like this first step of making decisions on. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. And that's why it goes back to like my really piss poor Jaden McDaniels analogy of basketball reference and Tim Conley, like, um, I'm not so concerned. Again, I'm not going to like just give Tim Connolly this lifetime achievement award for drafting Nicole Jokic when they actually technically passed on him a couple of times back then. Like, right. It was just kind of like, it just kind of worked out in his favor. Just like, I'm not going to necessarily throw him to the fire because he gave Michael Porter Jr. This all the money when he might not be able to play. I mean, look at like right now, like Pat Riley, if he was rumored to be one of the targets, he has like a hundred billion dollars sitting on the bench in Duncan Robinson. Like they, they gave out Tyler Johnson contracts. They gave out the Hassan Whiteside contract. Like mm-hmm. Sam Presti made a bunch of bad deals. So I'm not concerned about all of those as much as I'm concerned with the relationship thing. And as it pertains going back to what you just said with Connolly, like I know my dad's going to listen to this podcast. So just ironing out really quickly for us. Like you listed all those expiring contracts, the wolves in layman's terms, if I'm a fifth grader, if they, with Beverly and Malik and D'Lo having expiring contracts that are up in 2023, and if they sign Carl this summer, just walk me through it quick, that wouldn't even go into effect for a couple more years, right? So hypothetically, 2023, the Wolves could have a max salary slot to go poach a big-time free agent next summer, right? Yes, yes. So, so with Carl and Ant, their new contracts will not start until the 2024 okay. season, 2024, 25 okay. season. Okay. And, and what you see, we'll see there is Carl will jump from 30, making $36 million in the last year of his deal up to 47. So that's an $11 million jump that he's going to have there. Ant is going to jump from 13 million to 33 million. That's a 20 million jump in his salary. And then Jade McDaniels is going to jump from 4 million. To, I mean, what do we think? What's the number? Well, they'll probably give him right that ownership stake as well, like they gave Connor. <laughs> exactly. So, so I don't know. You're looking at Jaden probably jumping by like 15 million. So that is when that's when this team gets expensive. Is in the 2024 summer. So 2023 is 
is your opportunity before it, it's not only those numbers for your core guys jumping by 10, 20 million. It's also the summer where Delo's 31 is gone, where Beasley's 16 is gone, where Beverly's 13 is gone. So it's this, it's a juicy spot to, you know, and I, uh, a lot of people are probably skeptical of like, oh, well, who are you going to get to sign for max money in Minnesota? Well, I mean, look, that's not really how it works anymore. It's trades, you know? Well, it's also the, but dude, yes, facts. But it's also that same, and this is where I get passionate, right? This is my fan of it, like, that same loser mentality is also the same thing that for a week, everyone told me they're not getting Tim Connolly. This is, you're about <laughs> right. to be embarrassed. You're going to be left at the altar. And it's like, actually, just kidding, joke's on you. I'm at the altar right now with Tim Connolly. We're married and I'm happy as hell. So like that thinking is, is not pertinent. But also, like you said, it's not just the summer of free agent spending as much as it's like you said, acquiring those frustrated third banana players, you know, like, this probably won't happen. But if Devin Booker gets pissed off next year because the sun's kind of crater, then you go acquire that guy into that max slot. That's kind of what you're saying, right? Yeah. In, in in theory, that's, you know, that's the that's the possibility. And you will have all the resources to be able to do that. You'll have the room under the cap, room under the tax to add, add, add in 2023. And like we've said a couple of times, you have all of your picks right now. Right. So that's probably the time again, I mean, whatever you said, Devin Booker, like a guy of, you know, uh, maybe a top 25 player in the league. You can who is, you know, looking to get out of somewhere or a team that's this happens all the time. They they kind of run into a wall and it's time for them to sort of rebrand. And that op might that might include getting rid of their 28 year old star player. Like that's what you're hoping for if you're the wolves and it's very, it's very much a hope there's, there's no guarantees there, but it's a, it's a juicy wad that, that you can, that you can tap into that you put into jeopardy. If you give D'Angelo Russell an extension this summer, or if you commit to Malik Beasley beyond the, this one season, or if you commit to Patrick Beverly beyond this one season. So I'm just landed out there. I don't know what I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't know what they'll be able to do. That's a long that's kind of a long ways away, right? But it's enticing enough that you you want to keep the powder as dry as possible, I think. I would think, while also not keep keep the powder dry, but also try and keep improving, right? You want to get better next year too. It's not gonna next year's not gonna be another like. Oh, we're just waiting around for 2023 when we have Max Cassidy. like this isn't the Knicks, you know. They're they're gonna want to go now and go in 2023. It does kind of bring up a interesting thing to me because I was just thinking about. I mean, it had been rumored, which is fun, but it had been rumored that Tim Conley was going to get like 20 years and like 40 likes, and then it comes down to being like it's five years, 40 million. Um, well, five years is one more year than I think what Finch and his whole staff has signed through, right? Because it was three-year yeah, extensions. Like yep. So let's just say that Finch is here four more years and Conley's five. So whoever was the mastermind, whether it be ownership or Sasha or whatever, of getting those done back in March or April, like that eliminates this whole reckoning of like, well, now we need to be nervous about who like, you kind of have those two figureheads. And I've always thought Finch was like the most important non-basketball player in the whole organization. You have them locked up now long-term and I say all of that to say like, okay, so 2023, they could have this massive amount of cap space. Could be like a stronger draft, like all these different items. 
does Tim Connolly like would you be okay if Tim Connolly like there's all this momentum building right they're the seven seed like they made the playoffs does Tim Connolly like ride it out for a year in you know not necessarily taking a step back to take two steps forward but does he just kind of like remain neutral for a year before then kind of really if you want to say cashing in his chips or whatever next summer to take three steps forward you know what I mean like is he going to be I think that's what you would think any smart I think that's what you would think any smart GM would do is kind of you know try and have a long view right, right? That, that that's and they can that, that's mm-hmm. you can afford, like they have you this, afford to do they, that they have like the seventh youngest roster they have their coach and their their president like lined up now for into the well into the 2020s so um that'll that'll be the most thing i'm interested in is like does tim Connolly come in and like i mean we know ownership is well, that's aggressive. What I was gonna say that that's that and that's what we don't know yet we don't know how much of did an impact ownership will will have uh, and and like and people can say oh you know like the best owners are the ones who you know keep their fingers out of the pie and that's i would say that's largely true you know you you hire somebody as good as tim to let them make the decisions but we have no real indication that they are going to be standby and watch owners either you know so you would hope any sort of meddling or influence that they have you know conley can have an open discourse with them and be like Hey, okay, we want to be generally more aggressive. These are the pros and cons of of approaching that way. But yeah, how can we not how can we not sit here today and think that the Wolves are going to be more aggressive right now than what we would have thought a month ago? We've we've learned a lot about this ownership group and their styles. And yeah, I would assume there's going to be some influence to to not, you know, mess everything up, but Patience isn't hasn't really been in their vocabulary in any of this. So, yeah, I, I I wonder in Tim Connolly's private thoughts about accepting this job when he analyzed this part of the decision. I really I really wonder what was was going through his head. And I would like to think that he wouldn't have signed on, even if it's a huge amount of money and ownership stake and all that, if that he wouldn't have taken the job if he didn't feel confident that he was going to have the autonomy to work in his way. You know, that's what, that, and that should be the expectation. But this is a little bit of a different circumstance. Yeah, I, I this is the best part of the podcast where I actually have no takes. I'm just outlining both sides of my mouth. But like, did they did they bring in a top five guy because, you know, they have diapers and cryptocurrency and all these other things to worry about that they don't want to be as hands-on? And as glued to the target center, no pun intended, as if maybe Sasha was running the show, or did they want to bring in a top five guy because they're just they think in new owner syndrome that they can win a title within three years. Um, that'll kind of play itself out. But I would imagine that if Tim Connolly is getting all that money in an ownership stake, that he's going to be empowered to be like, hey, listen, like, leave me alone. <laughs> like, I'm I'm the basketball guy. Like. You got, you know, you got player questions, talk to Marquise. If you got, you know, business questions, talk to Ryan, talk to Ethan. But like, I'm going to run this basketball thing with Finch. And then, you know, we'll, we'll come to you like, like in old school days, we'd come to Glenn. So I don't really right. know. And, we, and no one really knows other than within a year. I mean, it wasn't even a year, right? Like, I think it was June or something last year when I was day drinking and playing beer darts. And I get this A-Rod notification about he's buying the Timberwolves. It's been like less than a year. And they already have a new president. They already have a bunch of new, two. <laughs> yeah, two new presidents. Like they have all these new pieces and stuff. Um, 
And that is, I will say, going back to like the hesitancy you might have. I mean, this is, I said this before in your pub, like we went from a newspaper guy to like tech bros, right? Like this is not your Glenn Taylor Timberwolves anymore. Like they're, I, I believe firmly that if Glenn Taylor was running the show last fall, we might not have seen Rosas get let go right away because he wasn't as meddling. I think Mark and Alex, like you can't have that stuff in the organization and they cut it right then and there, but um, they're just going to be more proactive. They're going to be more aggressive and it's going to lead to strikeouts. Alex Rodriguez knows it better than anyone. You're going to strike out if you're aggressive at the plate, but it's also going to lead to more scoring opportunities and more opportunities to do things like right. today to go get. And that's fun from a division. Rival. And that's, that's fun. And for, I mean, every Timberwolves fan for a long time, there has been no tech bro energy in the team that you follow. <laughs> and, and, and like, and many people don't love that saying and stuff, but a lot of people didn't love how Glenn ran the show, you know? So you wanted something different. Right. Everybody wanted almost everybody wanted something different at the top of the food chain in Minnesota. It was just kind of time with Glenn. There had just been a couple too many fumbles over the course of 20, 25 years. And so there was there was an excitement when you were playing beer darts that, OK, here's, here's something sure. new. And, and, and in all seriousness, it's like, OK, something new. And in the subsequent 12 months, we've learned what that new is going to look like. We get these breadcrumbs along the way of. None of us even knew who Mark Laurie was. Okay, so so he's he's this guy. Diapers.com, Jet, Walmart, does magic tricks. <laughs> all, all, all that sort of stuff. And and uh, I mean, in all seriousness, we had a very blank whiteboard as to who Mark Laurie was as a person, let alone an executive. And we're starting to fill in some of that. And Alex Rodriguez, too. Like, of course, we all knew who Alex Rodriguez was. But who is Alex Rodriguez in terms of a manager and a, you know, and a leader of a company? We're, we're kind of gathering those sort of things. And we've seen moves. We've seen them deal with scandal. We've seen them, along with Glenn, help write the ship and have a pretty successful season this, this past year under their watch. And now we're learning even more that they're like, go, go, go. That is in every conversation I've ever had with them on or off the record. There has been no... There has been no embarrassment about the idea that they want to go and they want to go fast. And that's 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 who they are. Like Mark Laurie like has take moonshots t-shirts. Like that's who he is. And that's made him really rich. So now we know that stuff. In these 12 months, we know that they're different. They know we know that they what they have put into this team has turned a very different outcome into who this team is now, 12 months later, right? Like, if Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez did not buy the Timberwolves, like, Tim Connolly would not be the Pobo today. None of, so many things, you know, wouldn't have happened. And and thus far, it's largely, it's largely been for good. Can you read some of those breadcrumbs and go, I'm a little scared about where this is all going. Sure. But like, like you said, that's kind of like a loser mentality. Like, let's, and this is mostly talking to myself, like, let's not assume a fumble is coming from these guys just because they're different and just because maybe the way that they are going about this isn't the way that I would be going about this. But who am I? No, but I mean, like, it's 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 that thing of, okay, new owner syndrome is a thing. It's real. People come in 
whether you buy a used car, a used house, or a used NBA franchise, and they're going to want to make changes, and everyone was nervous about it. But in the same vein, we've been saying for 33 years since I was born, like the Timberwolves need to make changes. <laughs> like they need new things to happen, right? So they're making some of the necessary changes. They've done things also that are less promoted and pimped out. I mean, like it's very minor things, but like painting some of the walls in the locker room or something like they've made these changes inside to business ops. Like I have a friend who sells tickets. Like it's nerdy as hell, but like he was stoked when A-Rod came in to close deals that one day, like that stuff matters. So they are, yes, I, I like the fumble thing. Like we are just waiting for this inevitable fumble to happen and they're going to fumble. They're going to strike out. They're going to throw an interception. That shit just happens. But to their credit, I'd have to say I'm pretty big fans at this point because that fumble didn't happen right away, right? Like they handled, like you said, they handled kind of... And Kyle, Tim Connolly has fumbled stuff in Denver over the past eight years. And right, has right. Also, exactly. has also put together a team that I'm pretty sure like over the past four years, I don't quote me on this exactly, but like I think the team with the most wins in the NBA over the past four years, I've heard Mike Malone say something like this a couple times when we've he's you know, done media availability that Denver has like the most wins in the NBA over the past four years. I should I should look that up exactly. But they've been a very successful team under the tutelage of of Tim Connolly. And he's that's his stats. Like when you talk about the stats thing, like they've they've had they've had success here. And the hope is in Minnesota that even if or when things do go wrong, that there will be so many more rights that any fumble will be like, all right, you know, let's let's get back on track and, and make the next decision, you know, be better. And I don't know, we don't have enough to assume that it's going to be fumble after fumble. Not not at all. I think, if anything, we should well, and objectively be looking at this glass half full. They've shown like a bulletproof mentality to like no one bats a thousand, right? So no one is perfect. But I mean, the latest Timberwolves fumble, if you want, was kind of blowing that series to the Grizzlies. I mean, that was kind of the last real thing we have of like, oh, maybe they should have beat the Grizzlies. Maybe they could have kept their own with the Warriors or whatever. But um, since that point, they've hired really, like that Steven Senior guy from Memphis is well, well-renowned. Like they just went and got Tim Conley. Yeah, I think so it's even bigger stuff. It's like it's like the Tibbs and Jimmy stuff. That, that It's like those poisonous type of fumbles, you know? Yep, yeah, did that's the, true. The, yep. Did the Wolves lose in the first round of the playoffs and blow some leads? Like, yes. I'm more considered the fumbles like really big institutional failures. You know, giving Joe Smith an illegal contract. Right. The right. the Gerson Rosas scandal. Like those sort of things. And I've <laughs> always sort of felt over the past 10 years of this like franchise, particularly before this year when things got better. But I was just like, man, you know, how many more of these things can this organization take? You know? And and I think you know, that they are not in a place today where the next fumble will be completely corrosive. Whereas if you would have had another huge scandal issue, Tibbs, Jimmy sort of thing, if that were to happen again this year, that would feel really crushing. I They don't seem to me to be set up in that way, you know, whatsoever. It's more something like Ant not agreeing to his max contract extension when his rookie deals up like and that seems like a almost sure thing and i don't think there's anything to suggest 
that it won't be outside of the history of the Wolves continually messing stuff up. But there's different people in place now. It's not Glenn Taylor anymore. It's not the country club. It's not the country club. It's not Tibbs. It's not Gerson Rosas. It's not Sasha and Gupta anymore. It's it's Tim Connolly and it's Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie and like all right, time to start playing chess. You know, they've are you gonna win or not? They've kind of silenced too. Like we, we you know, the, the Glenn Taylor two year internship for new owners was scoffed at by many people. And and there might still be a day of reckoning, right? But as of now, they've gone way further down the internship than I thought they would without there being issues, right? Like it sounds like this specific thing. A-Rod and Lori were like, we're going to go get a guy and we're going to do all the groundwork and then we'll go to Papa Glenn, see if he signs off on it. And if he does, like, there hasn't been that issue that maybe we thought would happen. Um, And it's just, again. I've had a lot of concern, Kyle, about like them not having somebody they could bounce thoughts off of, right? Because Mark Lori and Alex Rodriguez, (laughs) Mark Lori and Alex Rodriguez take this over and they have, they, they fire Gerson Rosas, and so they have functionally an interim, you know, Pobo. They come from a basketball or from a business background of like maybe they're going to make changes on the business sides of the organization. And I was, I always thought to myself, I was like, man, who is in these guys' ear, right? Yep. Who is in Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez's ear to to help them make these decisions that they are objectively at the moment not not qualified to make? And and really, the only one we had up until today was Marquise Watts, who they they hired away from Clutch that you mentioned to be the chief experience officer, a very high role in the organization. But as of today, they have Tim Connolly, who is a basketball yeah. guy, who has done this stuff before and has a hell of a lot of power in the organization that to some extent cuts into the power that Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez have. So that's, I think that if you're a Timberwolves fan, that's really exciting that now here's your basketball guy, right? Every every decision, even if they medal, even if the ownership medals, has to go through Tim Connolly. And it's somebody who has a track record and long-term security in their position. And that's not somewhere this franchise has been since 2017, before the Tibbs disaster. And it's not, I, I'm not Lavelle Neal. I'm not going to tell fans how to cheer or not cheer, but like, it is weird to be like, there is su- like stability, like real stability for once, right? I mean, however you feel about Sashin or however you feel about other moves in the past, like today you have, going back to the the contract lengths of Finch and Connor, like you have these two well-respected, not only in Minnesota or Denver, like across the entire NBA, people that are now running your organization. You have new people at the top of the food chain and Lorian Rodriguez that are well-respected in the stuff that they do, right? I mean, whether you think mm-hmm. diapers.com is silly, like Mark Lurie's made a ton of money betting on himself. They bet on themselves again. They put themselves out there a little bit to put names on a list like Masai Ujiri, Pat Riley, Sam Presti. And when that stuff came out a week ago, even like I remember seeing the quote tweets on your, on your tweet, like people ripped it. People were like, yeah, I'd love to date Jessica Alba and Jennifer Lopez. Like they got one of those fish. Like they went out and they got it. And they had a seamlessly, you know, working experience with Glenn. Glenn signed off. Um, and it also puts to bed, at least today, right, on May 23rd, some of the concerns about, like, do they have enough money to buy the team? I don't know, man. They just gave this guy $40 million in ownership stake. Like, it doesn't seem like they're concerned today. Like, they just keep bringing on people and 
creating new positions. Oh, I think I think this is the best indicator of that kind of stamps out that idea that they are not going to complete this transaction on December 23rd, 2023. Like they just, as you said, paid a lot of money and offered ownership stake yep. that they that they do not yet have. <laughs> right, like exactly. <laughs> it is it is a strong indicator that they will be and we that already was the strongest the, the high likelihood was that they were going to complete the purchase of this organization outside of cryptocurrency and the markets and all of that sort of stuff like they probably were going to to finish it and now i think this is a huge decision that glenn taylor also had to sign off on that really indicates to me that yeah not only do mark Lori and alex rodriguez have substantial influence in this organization like they're they're here they're here for the long term it, it it's yet again another breadcrumb do we still need to cross that line of the 20% to 40% to 60%? Yes. Those are obstacles that not have not been fully crossed. But you believe in it. You have to believe in it more today than you ever have before. And to kind of circle back and close this loop, if anything, if you think Tim Conley is a good person and a good person in his job, it also confirms that new ownership gives a damn. And you can realistically say in Denver that ownership probably doesn't give a damn. I mean, maybe they have, maybe they believe in Kelvin Booth and he's going to do a really good job, but they didn't pay up for an asset that was really important to their franchise. And Minnesota did today. And that's a big deal today. Now it's May 23rd. The draft is exactly one month away, June 23rd. There's a lot of dominoes to fall in this next month, these next three months, these next three years, how these next five years that he's under contract. But I just, I've even tried to like, drink weird wine and put on a pessimistic hat for a while. I just don't see how today of all days can be looked at anything other than a home run for the franchise because they got a real basketball person in there, top five-ish. And he's mm -hmm. aligned now moving forward to take this team to the next level. A team that has momentum, that has their picks, has money, has talented players. For the first time, all those things are in the same kettle. And now it's time for him to, to cook. It's just new information. That that's all it is, and and it's clarity, yeah, right? And that's the big it, thing. It's, it's clarity, and and that that's that's huge for a team who needs clarity to continue to grow. Like there are substantial changes that will come to the Timberwolves yep. organization, probably from a personnel standpoint, in the next 12, 18, 24 months, big ones, and you finally have your person in place who you know is making those de decisions, not just in those next 24 months, but in the next 60, right? Like Tim Connolly is, is, is also here to stay. And, and I think, I think that's something, yeah, as a Timberwolves fan, you should be, you should be really excited about, and we'll just keep, we'll keep learning more and more about what this ownership group is like. It is not, is not the blank slate at all that it was 12 months ago when when we got the news that these guys are going to be are going to be running the show. Have we missed anything? Do you have any parting thoughts? I'm just curious what Leandro Balmero is up to right now, but that's just for another day. Um, no, I mean, ownership, ownership did their thing, right? Like when this went, this was my biggest thing. When it leaked a week ago, I was like, oh, my God, classic Timberwolves like this. Conley could just get enough money to come back. And then it, you're kind of like publicly dating, right? right? You're kind of like, hey, I'm. I'm in a relationship with someone, but I definitely have a hinge account. Like what's going on? And it didn't blow up in their face. 
And that goes back to the fumble analogy. Like we just keep kind of waiting for this to somehow go wrong or kind of fall off the tracks. And it might to an extent, but by bringing in someone like Tim Conley, I mean, if the train goes off the tracks, he seems like the type of guy that'll get it back on the tracks much sooner than a lot of other. I mean, there's a lot of GMs around the league. There's a lot of decision makers that have a, you know, not a lot of history, not a lot of experience in their role. And Tim Connolly's not one of those guys. He does have a lot of experience. And the fact that he's running the Timberwolves now is still wild. Um, and like you said, ownership did their part, but now there's a lot of work to do. There is a ton of stuff that's going to happen this summer that's going to completely change how this team looks in October than they did in the end of April. And as I've said a couple times on here, I'm really, I'm really focused and intrigued to see how Tim Connolly specifically handles the D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Patrick Beverly yep. part of, of, of this team. And I think outside of Pat Bev, the other two are are question marks that will be would be answered by who is calling the shots. And and now we know we know who that is. We don't know enough about Tim specifically. I guess we can say he's traded Malik Beasley once before, but he also drafted him. You know, so it, it's uh, those are those are the question marks. Those are the things I personally am going to focus in more on and be like, all right, what's this decision tree look like? You know, what what is the keep D'Lo? What is the move on from D'Lo? What is the role for one more year? And, you know, all, all those sort of things we can now we can now, I think, credibly have those conversations about how to keep building the Timberwolves up and and growing beyond being a 46 win you know, seven seed that they were this year. I mean, I'm I'm excited. And before any of those transactions take place, Nikola Jokic, Bones Highland, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, Yusuf Nurkic, Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, all guys drafted by Tim Conley. So a yep. month out from now, Tim Conley has the 19th pick. He has three second round picks. Uh, we presume he has Sasha Gupta in his corner and a bunch of other really strong front office execs that know how to get tricky in the draft. Um, it's going to be wild. It's going to be... This gives you clarity, obviously. Maybe we can take a deep breath. Um, but now there's a whole new slew of questions and activity that's going to come this summer. And it's going to be, we say this every May, but this is going to be probably the most important offseason in the last decade. So buckle up. Yeah, <laughs> buckle up is right. Uh, he's Kyle Tige. You can follow him on Twitter, at Kyle Tige. Uh, Kyle, thank you for um, coming in and recording this from your closet because there are... <laughs> People are mowing outside. I was trying to give you good quality. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'll bug you again here to, to probably come on uh, before or or around the draft. But appreciate you. Appreciate you doing it. Appreciate you. Have a good one. All right. He's Kyle again at Kyle Tiger. I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA. I will have uh, much more to talk to you about for the rest of this week. Until then, peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stop. Yeah. Green it all so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah